the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Many, many, many years ago, I was a lot more naive than I am now. Politically speaking, as well as social issues, as well as, I guess, issues tied towards money. But I got better with money. Sometimes it's taken me a little bit longer to get better with some of the social issues. Um, for instance, and I'm not going to get political here, child care. Um, what we're doing right as a nation, what we're doing wrong as a nation. And for me, I want to see more employment. And I don't I want to see less stay at home moms if possible. But see, then you go, but it's nice to have a stay at home mom. Oh, yes, that's true, too. Yes, that's true, too. I like the options, I guess, is the right idea. So those are some areas where, like, you'll see your thoughts change and improve or, or evolve over time. I don't know. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Some areas that I really, you know, take on to is retail. Retail is a sector that I think we should all be paying attention to if you care about following money on a day-by-day basis. With that said, I'm okay if a percentage of America checks out. It says I'm going to put money from my 401k into an S&P 500 fund or a Wilshire 3000, uh, Russell 3000 fund, Wilshire 5000 fund. I'm okay with that kind of simple. I'm going to do this every two weeks. I'm going to go about my merry life. You can go watch sports. You can go become the longest distances runner ever. I know you're saying the longest distances runner. Yeah, that works for me. Um, But I like retail. I like healthcare. I like financials. And I like technology. Those are the areas that, that for me, get, uh, I don't want to say the most out of me. That's close, but that's not quite right. Hopefully you have something. Every now and then I like stories like Airbnb, which is basically a hotel company without the price of the hotels. What Mark Zuckerberg was able to do to have you create content for Facebook, and then Facebook barely moderates it. That's the rub, right? And then they monetize it and they get the money and you don't. I remember a few years back, there was a lot of conversation about um, will Zuckerberg's business model eventually become you tell me your age, your income, you tell me where you're traveling to, you let me have cookies on your computer and I'll share the money with you. <clears throat> so if he made $18 a year off of you in advertising, would you give up that information for six bucks? I don't know. Right? It's a little groany. Or how about we give up extra 
information for extra dollars, who you're married to, how much she makes, who your kids are, what schools do they go to, what sports do they play, what TV shows do they watch. So we're providing content for Facebook, but we're also providing homes for Airbnb. So I'm fascinated with Airbnb. I own shares of Airbnb. They're banning people who are likely to travel with prohibited users. This was an interesting story to me. So I just say I want to be very careful so I don't offend a group of people. Let's call them partiers. I won't even call them Gen Z partiers. Let's call them Gen Z partiers. Let's see you and your buddies uh, trash an Airbnb one weekend. You didn't even realize you were going to do it. Then Saturday night comes around and you all get a little bit rowdy and you're like, let's polish off the vodka. The next thing you know, uh, you're doing cannibals in the hot tub and the hot tub breaks. You're probably going to get banned. The neighbors will probably call the police kind of thing. But here's the question. How does Airbnb know who my friends are? Airbnb is reportedly banning users who, despite having a clear background, were associated with people the company deems a safety risk. I didn't like the story when I saw this. You know that little sounder I have? I don't like where this is going. That's what would hit me. So Airbnb is a short-term rental. They face an impossible balancing act of making owners feel secure without discriminating unfairly against renters. A critical step in catching overreaches sounds lackluster and confusing while erring on the side of perceived homeowner security. I don't like the the sound of it. And again, I'm not some, I don't think I'm a super liberal or a super conservative. I hope the presentation I give confuses you at times. But Airbnb confirmed to Motherboard that it sometimes refuses to rent to users associated with banned individuals likely to travel with them. For example, in January, Airbnb informed a user named Amanda that she was prohibited from using the platform due to being closely associated with a person who isn't allowed to use Airbnb. Now, that would be confusing to me. But then you hear the rest of the story. Amanda used the credit card of her boyfriend, who has a criminal record, to book the rental. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Just a criminal record? Or a criminal record in Airbnbs? Um... She does not have a criminal record for the record, part of the story. Her partner's flagged history was from a white collar charge while adding that the two don't share an address or bank account. Two days after appealing the ban, Airbnb informed her it was upholding it after careful consideration to help safeguard our community. Then it slammed the door on her by basically saying, you know, um, that's our final answer. No more appeals. So there's some messaging there, right? Associate with someone with a checkered past, you're not welcome at Airbnb. Regardless of who they are today. How do we get over this? I don't know. This is one where uh, I don't know. Artificial intelligence is going to be the solution, is it? Maybe? Possibly? Bigger deposits from users? Airbnb is a private business. Amanda could try booking through a competitor or simply she can get a hotel room. So there are options. 
company's approach highlights a more significant issue that we may see again in big tech's ability to profile users as it grows more and more advanced. The company already uses an anti-party technology, which I don't know what that means, but they're trying to stop people from having house parties and trash in place. Which sounds like a pretty good idea if you're a high schooler and you're like, you know, running through some ideas with your friends like, hey, let's have a party this weekend. Let's do it at your house. No, my mom would never let me do that. Let's do it at your house. No, my mom would. Well, your parents are out of town. How about your house? See where this is going? I know that's... um. We want, and again, that's probably an issue that I have. I have a property that I could Airbnb. I could give it to friends, but then I, I get really freaked out with the friends. And I'm like, you know, you know, this is a ski house and you're supposed to take your boots off on that black stone floor and you're not supposed to walk all the way around the house on the carpeting in your boots. And you're like, you're being a jerk, Rob. I don't like renting it out to people who aren't friends, you know? Um, and then I think there's some more negatives on Airbnb in the public mind right now, like how expensive they are. And then they ask you to clean up after yourselves. Um, I can tell you that cleaning up after guests usually takes about six hours of my time after I give it to friends. Um, so if I'm renting it to you for $500 a night, part of that is six hours of cleaners times to clean it up. There's going to be a lot more guilt by association rules, I feel, by private companies as more groups, people become interconnected. Trying to make a reservation, use a banned person's credit card isn't just an association in this story. You look back on it, and he's the guy who did something to get banned. Now, again, it was white-collar crime years ago. It was not a you know destroying someone's property. I don't know. I heard a comedian once talk about how um, what's the craziest thing someone ever told you on a first date? And the answer was, oh, he told me that he was a convicted murderer. <laughs> and the comedian was like, so how did it go? Uh, she's like, I, I, it didn't work. I, you, you get the idea. It's probably one of the funnier stories you hear about first dates. Funnier? I don't know. So, Airbnb, Rob has the stock. Rob owns the stock, and he has some questions and concerns about the stock. You should be able to find the negatives on your company. Another negative on Airbnb is, you know, um, I've heard foreign companies will rent an apartment, like a penthouse in New York, so they get the views, and then they'll set up a, a sexy shot in the house, and they'll destroy the place. We need an electrical socket here. Out comes power tools. So we've heard that one. We've heard about the partiers. We've heard some people die at a party at an Airbnb. Um, the only thing we're missing is cocaine bear. I do. I do not have any cocaine in my place. Don't go robbing it. But there are bears that uh, regularly visit. Do not try to recreate that movie at home, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Let's get you to retirement. Big seminar coming up March 11th, Saturday, 10 to noon in Lafayette about income in retirement. That's a good one for me. How's that fit for you? Lafayette Park Hotel, Saturday, the 11th, 10 to noon. Sign up robblackshow.com. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. I try to do more strategy talking points. Before the 7 o'clock hour Pacific time, 
I try to do more strategy talking points in the eight o'clock hour. So the seven o'clock's reserved kind of for headline news and anything around that hour. I try to do a little bit more strategy. In the end, yes, I do look at the value of my stocks at least once a week, only because I'm doing this show and I talk a lot about the stocks that I own on the show. That is a reflection of me trying to be honest with you. I just talked about Airbnb and I have some major problems with the company and how they're doing business. Um, being able to profile someone. And I was talking to my producer about it during the, the commercial break. I was like, how do you feel? Because he's younger than me. I'm like, what if you were banned from a house because your your high school buddy is a guy who's trashed a house once before? Or maybe your high school, maybe your wife is someone who got a DUI. We don't know the terms of why we're being banned, and that feels just very, very strange. Now, the obvious is capitalism. Shouldn't I be allowed to rent to who I'm allowed to decide to? And the answer is no. Um, I have a mountain home. I can't say I don't like this person of color or I don't like um, this religion. Therefore, if I see any sort of background on them on Facebook or on Instagram that says they're um, Mormons, I don't know, I'm making stuff up at this point and I'm really not trying to isolate or single anyone out. I'm just trying to say you can't have that policy. Um, you know, you can't say I'm not going to rent my home to Oompa Loompa if it's open to the public. And you get the idea. So an interesting one, a strategy question I got recently, and this is from a person who is 64 years old. Should I pay my mortgage off? Now, there's an answer of yes, no. Where any mortgage over 6%, you're, you're definitely leaning that way. Any mortgage under 6%, you're thinking about refinancing. But what if you're at 25 3% at 65 years old? And I'm like, do you have enough cash flow to service your debt, i.e. your mortgage payment? And the answer was, um, sort of. So we had to look a little further, look a little deeper. And what he really wanted to do was use some of his 401k money and I'm like, okay, is that part of your withdrawal? And he goes, not really. I'm like, are you stressed about this? How about you put aside some emergency money for a mortgage just in case you ever feel like now I have to pay it off, even if it's incredibly low cost debt. There's more to consider, like tax advantages. Do you still have them or do you not? If you're under the age of 59 and a half, you'll face an extra 10% penalty from withdrawing from your 401k early. That's a huge blow that makes paying down your mortgage not worth it. I have a friend of a friend. So I've got an email from a, someone who says, hey, your buddy Tony likes you. And he went through a relationship and he broke up. And that relationship lasted 10 plus years. So they did get a home together. And when they split, she basically said, you buy me out. And it was a pretty fair deal the way I can see it. He came out okay, but he came up. I need $300,000 to buy her out. And I'm like, don't take it from your phone. Because you're going to get that 10% penalty because you're not, you're not allowed to take it out from there. And he still wanted to do it. That's where we come into the behavioral side of finance, that it does help to have someone hold your hand and tell you what to do. I promise you. Um, CFP Brad Stacy at EP Wealth has been way better at getting my wife to understand financial planning than at times I have. Um, 
And I think he's been way better at getting me to understand it because sometimes my behaviors get in the way of it. I don't like spending money. And yet I have enough money to spend till the day I die. And I can't run out. I, I don't have like Brewster's millions where like I'm going to go get a, a Lamborghini and then lose it that day at lunch and not worry about it. I'm not that kind of wealthy. But your 401k and using that kind of money to pay off a mortgage, I'm okay with a mortgage in, in retirement if it's low cost and you can service it and it's it still has some tax bonuses for you. How much do you owe? In his case, it was 300000 But I don't know. That's kind of a tricky one. So he took out some home equity lines of credit to pay her off. Um, I, I maybe would have paid her off 350000 over five years instead of three hundred over one. I don't know. Something along those lines. You got to get a little bit creative. If I had credit card debt at 21 years old, and I did have credit card debt at 21 years old, coming out of college, um, if you can't pay it off, go to a family member when you're that young. Maybe they'll be able to help. Um, pick up that pizza job on weekends. Maybe that'll do it. I, it's really tough for me to sit there and tell you people how to do things, but sometimes you got to think outside the box of, you can't just go, well, I'm not going to kill cable. Therefore I'm not going to pay my phone bill or I'm not going to pay my, uh, uh, student loans. Oh, I don't even get to be started on student loans right now. So should you pay off your mortgage in retirement? How much have you saved? Paying off your mortgage with a 401k could make sense. Look at your other savings or assets first. If you need to stretch your 401k into retirement and to not take it early, I would do that. Um, you could take out a loan against your 401k. I would consider doing that, but I would know that that's kind of dangerous. I've seen people take uh, money out of their home and then see the stock market roar. One minute. Um. I've seen people take money out of their 401k and see the stock market roar. It's probably a better way of saying that. I have seen both, though. Equity line of credit. Uh, I like taking some money out. So it's selling it without selling it. And then I allocate that capital usually to more real estate. Usually in a different type of real estate, though, too. So it becomes more diversified. There's something to be said about not having to pay your mortgage off every month. I get it. I get the idea of wanting to do it, but don't necessarily take it from your 401k. I would look at every alternative before that. I'm Rob Black. Big event coming up Saturday, March 11th, 10 to noon, Lafayette Park Hotel. It's about retirement. It's about life hacks. It's about income until the day you die. Sign up at robblackshow.com. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the podcast, the broadcast, the radio show. It is appreciated. I pledge if you listen, I'll do my very best to bring you insights into how the stock market and the investing world works. And hopefully that can help you and I with our financial planning to get to retirement with some dignity. Um, let's talk about what we're going to see this week, what we've seen this year, year to date, the NASDAQ's up 12 and percent. Not bad. SP 500 is up 5.7%. Not bad. 
seeing that we're two months and a couple days in. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up three quarters of 1%. Again, not bad. When we're talking recession, we're talking inflation. We're talking interest rate sensitivity, slowdown in housing, slowdown in, in growth. There's an article today about that I, I saw that I'll get to, maybe not on this show, but I'll get to about, hey, Bay Area, welcome to no growth tech. And what's that going to look like? Do I think that's the truth? I don't think we're done quite yet. But with that said, are our best days likely behind us on some levels? Yeah, especially for the bigger names. The Apples, the Microsofts, the Googles, the Netflixes, the Amazons. Amazon, I think, is the company that's most likely to break things and, and go higher. They're looking at healthcare going, if we can figure this one out, it's like we're not the company known for sending you books in the mail anymore. So the 10-year treasury is under 4%. It seems to be able to work the markets right around 3.6%, 3.7% really well. And then it gets towards 4.2% where it's not going to work at all, or it hasn't so far. The 10-year, we're watching it because that seems to be the windows for the escape for companies and positions you don't want to have in a worst-case scenario. Bitcoin's up 35% for the year. Interesting, right? Formula One's up 26% for the year. Did you know you can buy into Formula One? And the goal of telling you that is so that you cannot get excited, but you can find some things that, that kind of speak to you, whether it be video games or computers or companies that sell cell phones for bazillions of dollars. I don't want you to have a portfolio of what I would refer to as these story stocks. But if that's what gets you excited, I don't mind the idea to start with. Um, I'm just being honest. I, I want you to have a little fun in your portfolio, but not to the point of hurting your performance. That's where I'm at. Um, what else do we need to hit today? UN has agreed to protect the seas. Interesting, in a deal decades in the making, more than 190 countries established a framework to protect marine life on the high seas, which are the 60% of the world's oceans that lie outside of national boundaries. Pirates. Another train derailment in Ohio. There's a story here that I want to hit, but I don't want to hit... So uh, I think I'm going to pass on this one, but Norfolk Southern, they're one of maybe six train companies I can count on a six-fingered hand. There's not a lot of competition in trains. So when there's stories like this, a second derailment, the first one had lots of chemicals on it and the community is having a tough time breathing and stuff. Um, I don't know the story that well. I don't want to know every headline news story from around the country. But what I want to say is, in the end, I don't know how much North Southern is going to get punished, but it's probably not going to be enough to hurt the company. Um, we need train companies, and there's not a lot of competition. And everything that is in front of me right now came to me via a train or a truck probably both 
and I'm talking about a lamp. I'm talking about some candles. I'm talking about um, a coffee cup. You know, it, it all came in a train or a truck at some point. Very little of it was made at home or made in my community that I walked to the vendor. So Norfolk Southern, they've had a bad month, right? Um, you've seen their stock go from 250 down to 226. It's a pretty good drop. It's got a 2.4% dividend yield. It's got a PE equal roughly to the market or slightly below the market's PE. They're a train company that's hard to replicate their business. You and I can't say, hey, let's start a train company this week. Um, I like train companies usually because it takes one conductor and then you can stack train after train after train after train after train after train after cart after cart after cart. Like you can just build a long train. And then you can move goods, charge per mile, and uh, let's just put it this way. It's probably making more than your conductor. I know there's costs, there's logistics, there's storage, there's a lot going on. But it's not past me to say things on this air. Like if a big hurricane were to hit the East Coast and hit a South Carolina town on the beach, let's say Myrtle Beach, um, a lot of people are going to, you know what? I want to sell my, my rental there. I'm out. I don't like hurricanes that scare me. My family almost died. You can get some values on stock on homes when there's a natural disaster where people are like, you know, I'm done. I quit. No way. I, I'm out of here. Same thing can happen on stocks where the headline news creates a short-term buying opportunity. Now you have to be a special kind of investor to say, I'm going to take advantage of that. And that's up to you. I'm not judgy. My dad died of lung cancer that ultimately spread through his whole body. And yeah, I've owned Philip Morris Altria in the past for income. Would I buy Norfolk Southern? I'd consider it. Because I'm not going to like take a look at the one-month chart or the six-month chart. I'm going to go to the max chart. I'm going to see back in 2000, it was a $13 stock, and now it's a $226 stock. And I don't see new ways of, a, sorry, Elon Musk, but I don't see the robo-taxis taking over the robo-trains. Um, just stunning performance. Like from 2000, it went from 13 bucks to 2005. It was at 35 bucks. Stunning. From 2005, it was at 35 bucks to 2015. It was $95. And from 2015, it was $95 to where it is today, 226. Now, are you going to get rich? In this case, you would have got rich by Norfolk Southern. Uh, the railroads, the choo-choos, as I like to refer to them, they got into a lot of financial trouble in the 1990s. Um, and they consolidated, and they're basically monopolies, in my opinion, a six-fingered hand. Now, again, do I like that a train company spilled chemicals? Do I like that, you know, children are having asthmatic problems? No. I'm not that much of a monster. I'm a monster, but not that much of a monster. So anyway, there's your train story for the day. Is it an investment idea or is it not? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Big event coming up this not this weekend, but very, very soon. Yeah, it is this weekend, actually. See, I don't even know. Saturday, March 11th. Saturday, March 11th. Income and Retirement Lafayette Park Hotel. That's obviously in Lafayette, California, which is East Bay. I don't do a lot of East Bay seminars, so this is your chance to come out. I'll probably be doing at least one more later in the year, maybe a second one, depending on attendance. But it's Saturday, March 11th, 10 to noon. That's this week. Last chance to sign up for uh, income and retirement, social security and retirement, all about retirement with CFP Stephanie Richmond. New presentation, new era. 
Chad's not going away, but Stephanie's there for now. You can find us online at robblackshow.com. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archived podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. So I don't think this was a huge event. Maybe it was. When I say that, it suddenly has more resonance with me. But Chris Rock and Netflix on Saturday night, it was awful pre-show, awful post-show. The event itself has divided a lot of people as far as content. Um, never punch or never slap a comedian. I will never, ever slap a comedian because seeing what Chris Rock did to Will Smith basically a year after it. Um, wow. Bringing up his wife's entanglement, i.e. sounds like affair with a. Yeah, I don't even want to go into it. It's too much for radio, right? It's too controversial. It's going to piss people off. Rock became the first artist to perform a live comedy special on Netflix. That was the interesting thing to me. They pulled it off pretty well. Um, as a guy who has seen a lot of news channels work inside, doing anything live is always a little bit bumpy. And you'll always catch mistakes here and there. It was roughly an hour long special. It drew a large audience to the streaming service as fans anticipated the conversation about Will Smith coming out. The pre-show was just bizarre to me seeing Ronnie Ching, David Spade and Dana Carvey in a live format. It just didn't really terribly work. And David Spade and Dana Carvey are getting old. And you're like, ooh, do we, which David Spade and Dana Carvey do we want to see on Saturday night? Live Netflix. Um, so the market has tons of streamers. And Netflix is known for it's the binge and burn model. I thought that was the most interesting thing about the evening to me. This is an effort to encourage old school appointment viewing. Um, I think you're going to see Netflix get into more movie releases. They left a lot of money on the table by not releasing Rain Johnson's Knives Out second movie. Um, I like the first one enough that I would have gone to see the second one in the theater. And I would have said, you know, when it comes to Netflix, that'll just be a, a rewatching for us. Netflix is discovering what traditional broadcasters and cable have understood for generation events like the Super Bowl or World Series. They're popular amongst viewers because it's done in real time. Everyone can talk in real time. Um, even the Oscars, although the ratings have fallen over the years, they still draw millions of viewers and spark conversations and culture because uh, they prove that anything can happen like they did last year with Will Smith and Chris Rock. Um, I don't know. We don't have to go too much further into this, but I thought that was a pretty interesting evening. And it tells me a lot about where Netflix is going to be trying to go with streaming. And I'm not against it. I almost think that they have to like experiment with, uh, you know, I told you in the first segment that Formula One is one of the top rated stocks this year. That's that's just winning big. And it's not lost on me that Netflix did a whole Formula One show last year that people who I know who had never heard of Formula One or who had never understood Formula One got addicted and started watching races. All very interesting, in my opinion. Earning more than 4% on your money. 
this is a year where I've been actively focused on my income portfolio. It's something I'm going to talk about at the event Saturday in Lafayette. Income and retirement is wildly important to me. I'm getting to the age where I'm starting to count how much income I can count on. Knowing that there's always going to be some fluctuations, both positive and negative. Knowing that there's going to be higher taxes, maybe, likely, probably. So, But I'm starting to count my income because I want to not work for a paycheck until the day I die. So there's a lot of companies right now that you can drop money off in a bank. Marcus by Goldman Sachs gets you 3.75%. Ally gets you 3.4%. Synchrony, 3.75%. Basque Bank. Now, I've never heard of Basque Bank. And their numbers are much higher, 4.25%. And like cash is supposed to be safe. Why is there a difference between 3.5% at Goldman Sachs and 4.25% at Basque Bank? Well, Basque Bank doesn't let you have options to add a checking account and no ATM access. Uh, but it's got a strong APY, annual percentage yield. It's got no minimum balance. It's got no monthly fees. Um, and Bass Bank lets you use American Airlines and AA Advantage miles instead. Okay, that's a little bit odd for me, but I'll, I'll, I'll go with it. SoFi is offering, uh, what is it, 3.75%. So you can kind of see most of them are right around that area. I'm using a company uh, to do my money called Flourish, but they're tied towards EP Wealth. They're kind of an institutional option. It's funny because that's one area where it's, you know, I'm going to creep you out when I say this. Uh, when you have money, you get to buy products or use products that sometimes are better than what average people get access to. And I'm not going to say that is what it is. It's just find what works for you. Take a look at the markets today. What do we need to really focus on? There's some momentum from last Friday when interest rates started to come a little bit lower. There's leadership from the mega cap tech space. There's a pullback in treasury yields. There's a hesitation ahead of key events this week. So the 10-year note, which sat at 4.08% on Friday, has pulled back to 3.91. That's a nice pullback, and that's kind of how we can work. You want to get a two-year treasury note from the government where you're giving them $10,000, they'll give you uh, 4.95% for the next two years. That, to me, is compelling for the cash equivalent portion of my portfolio that I want income off of. I'm not telling you what to do. Apple's a big winner, winner, chicken dinner today. Corner stock for the stock market. Cornerstone stock, uh, kind of a big, big one. Uh, they got an upgrade today. Goldman Sachs initiated coverage of the stock with a buy price target of one ninety nine. That's the highest on the street that I've seen. This teases the possibility of a thirty two percent gain based on the computer services that Apple provides. Their services model. This week, we're going to get the Fed Chairman Powell's semi annual monetary policy before the Senate Banking Committee. It's going to be Thursday and Friday, um, Wednesday and Thursday. Then Friday, we're going to get the release of the federal February employment report. 
it usually comes out on the first Friday of the month. This year was pushed to the second Friday uh, due to a holiday the week before. Employment's been hot. Employment's been the drag on the stock market. Employment's been the we're not going to hit a recession flag. So looking at employment on Friday is going to be very important. Got a big week, sort of a big week feel to it. Big event Saturday, March 11th, 10 to noon. Lafayette Park Hotel, my first trip into the East Bay in probably three or four years as far as seminars go. I'm going to be doing it with CFP Stephanie Richmond. We're going to be doing a whole new retirement shtick. You can sign up for it on Income and More at robblackshow.com. This interview featured on The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more at robblack.com. You know, the Federal Reserve is on this campaign to raise interest rates. And the thought is if they raise interest rates, they change borrowing costs. And if they change borrowing costs to make it more expensive for you or your company or your government to borrow money, they're going to be a little bit more hesitant to. The return on investment won't be as good. The debt payment will be higher. Citizens won't be happy. Why didn't you borrow money when it was cheaper? One of the things the Fed is fighting right now is they do want people to slow down in the housing market and the stock market. But in the housing market, sorry, Fed, but 40% of all U.S. mortgages were originated in 2020 or 2021, which basically brought borrowing costs down to historic lows. Um, I refinanced two of my properties during those years um, because the opportunity to get locked in at 2.5%, 2.6%, 2.7%, for the next 30 years was much more attractive to me. Made obvious by historic low borrowing costs. So if they want me to cut my spending, I'm not going to because I still have the same mortgage rate that I got in 2021. And I don't have to uh, pay extra just because they've raised interest rates. Uh, But 40% of Americans have locked in. That makes it very, very, very difficult for the Fed to pull off what they want to pull off because we have low cost money still. I have it for another 28 and a half years. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Stephanie Richmond and I are going to be doing an event this weekend, Saturday, March 11th from 10 to noon in Lafayette. I enjoy live events. I enjoy the East Bay. Um, The Lafayette Park Hotel is lovely. We've got a nice breakfast. Um, I will get there way before the event starts and way before after it ends. I'll linger to answer as many questions as possible. We'll have a team of CFPs there answering questions for you. And if you want to a free consultation, we're there for you. You can sign up at Rob Black Show. That's for this weekend, 10 to 12. Let's talk to Stephanie Richmond a little bit about it right now. Joining me now, Stephanie Richmond. She's a CFP and regional director in Northern California for EP Wealth. We have a big event coming up Saturday, March 11th at the Lafayette Park Hotel. It's going to be an event all about retirement, the hurdles and the challenges you face, and hurdles and challenges you face. Excuse me. Um, it's not easy. It's complicated, and I think you need help, especially if you're of wealth, as I like to put it. There's things to consider with all these things that are pressure oriented: inflation, interest rates, stock market corrections, uh, healthcare cost. Why should someone work with a planner? Because I see a lot of people, Stephanie, kind of balk at it. Um, maybe they're feeling private about their information. Maybe they don't want another financial relationship. Uh, what are some of the reasons for working with a planner? 
Yeah, good questions. You know, I think the reason you want to, one, you know, there's several reasons you want to work with a planner. And one of the primary reasons is to put it all together in, 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 in one picture that you can review, you know, dissect, see if it makes sense. And, you know, so many of us have written things down on pieces of paper or, you know, uh, type them into, you know, a Word document or, you know, drawn something on a graph, but we really haven't pulled all the pieces together in one place. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, that's super important, especially if you're anywhere near retirement, you know, or about to, about to actually step into it. And why is that important? Well, there's, a, there's several reasons. One, you know, there's a lot of stuff to decipher. For, for example, when should you take social security? And that's a big one, right? Um, what about Medicare? I mean, how does it work? Uh, you know, what rate of inflation should you consider in your plan? I mean, we, we take that all into account when looking at your particular situation. Also, what's the right investment mix for you? Right. And then also there's a lot of jargon in our business. You know, if you're reading, if you're reading Kiplingers, they, they make it pretty easy to understand, but, but a lot of, a lot of publications have a lot of complicated jargon in them. And that's one of the things your financial planner can help you do is decipher what that means for you specifically. I want to point out there's a big difference between your accreditation, being a certified financial planner and reading Kiplinger's. Um, and it's a great publication. I have a little bit yeah. of a problem with it because I think it gives a lot of information that people will take what they want and maybe not think about of insurance, maybe not think about inflation. And they also, some of those articles at Kiplinger are, are complete advertisements and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference between a certified financial planner accreditation, say an insurance agent. Um, mm. Does, is that worth talking about your accreditation, getting in a CFP? What did you have to do? Uh, to get oh, gosh. When I took it, uh, gosh, I had to do it. Uh, it took me two years to get my my um, certification because I had to do it. <laughs> I had, to use, I had to, to use books and I took a test every four months on a particular topic, whether it was estate planning or taxes or retirement plans or you name it. Yeah. Right. And it was a lot of work. And in addition to that, you know, every year I have to do a certain amount of continuing education, right? I have to do 30 hours of continuing education and um, re-up my certification, if you will. And if I don't get that continuing ed done, I lose my marks, so to speak. And so one of the, that's one important part about our profession is that we are required to keep up to speed on what's happening in the financial world and, you know, with the rules that govern what we do. The other part, um, I'm working particularly with a CFP at a company like ours is that we're fiduciaries. And so, you know, we're required as a fiduciary to put your interest above our own. So when we create a financial plan for you, when we make recommendations, it is very specific to you. And again, we're going to make sure that we take your specific situation into account and that we're putting your interests above a product, you know, above, you know, you know, above anything else, if you will, so that you're going to get, you know, recommendations that make sense for you and provide comfort as you move into your next chapter in life. Whereas I love, I mean, I actually like reading Kiplinger's and I read, you know, and various publications, but what I often find is they're, they're speaking to the middle or they're speaking to a lot of people. And so therefore they have to be a little bit more general 
And the benefit of working with a CFP is that we can get specific and look at your unique situation. I'm typing myself a quick question because I want to throw this out there. Um, you do deal with a lot of things as, as a fiduciary. I love that accreditation. I love that word. Um, you know, let me just give the meaning of it. If you work with an insurance agent, they probably work on commissions. If you work with a stockbroker, they probably get some of the commission. The brokerage gets some of the commission. You have to look at the client and say, is this product good or bad for them? And I, I like that. Um, it's something that I was very attracted to many years ago when I was an investment advisor. I, I think I had good morality as far as a compass went, mm-hmm. but talking with CFP Chad Burt and talking with CFP Stephanie Richmond, I, I quickly learned what a fiduciary was and I really like it. And you're right. You cover insurance, you cover investments, you cover retirement, estate, uh, retirement issues, estate planning, taxes, uh, real estate analysis. Uh, one of the things I like that you do is, is the simpler stuff though. Can I afford it or what's my retirement going to look like? How would you answer that question right now? Um, if, you know, someone with $2 million comes to you and see, we can't do that because there's too much information to analyze, analyze, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, I, I laughed. I said, I don't know if you can report, uh, afford it, Rob. I'd have to see. We'd have to sit down and look at your plan. <laughs> but, but I, I, you know, again, I think it is retirement is, go ahead. Okay, we got about a minute, so I'll go ahead and wrap this up for us. Yeah. We're going to be doing a big event March 11th from working to retire to living your life. It's the first time I'll be on the East Bay in quite a while pre-pandemic. In fact, it's the Lafayette Park Hotel, Saturday, March 11th, 10 to noon. It's a workshop retirement get together. It's get to know a CFP. She's going to have a team of CFPs with her. It's from working to retire to living your life. I'll be hosting and I'll be talking a little stock market and economy as well, but she's going to be covering income gaps. What's an income gap? Uh, healthcare costs, social security, retiring early, working after retirement, roadblocks and goals. It's not as easy as you think. So. Come, please, but you have to sign up because space is limited Saturday, March 11th, 10 to noon, Lafayette Park Hotel with CFP Stephanie Richmond from EP Wealth Advisors and Regional Director in Northern California. I'm Rob Black. Sign up at robblackshow.com. And I want to do a little bit more color on who should come to an event like that. It's typically people with $500,000 more, typically people over 50 um, heading into retirement or in retirement. You'll come out with two or three good ideas, I promise you, if not more. And the idea there is about knowledge is power. Plus, Stephanie's team will be there to answer questions live and in person. But they'll also you know, set up a meeting with you and, and go over, are you ready to retire? Um, one area where Californians, we get a little overconfident is our home and our housing prices. Um, trust me, it's not lost on me that I've done well in life. And I have four brothers and a sister to compare to. And it's not lost on them that I live in a McMansion um, in a lovely part of the world. New research out of Jeffries showed that the median price for a luxury home in 15 key markets, specifically homes that sold for more than two and a half million, was up 6% year over year. A steep deceleration from December's 20% gain. So the bigger they are, the harder they're falling right now. The more expensive the home, the more it's coming down. I have not seen housing market collapsing prices at this level since 2008. That's what I'm going to tell you. It's going to hurt some investments like restoration hardware. It's going to hurt some of the home builders. But we're not getting into those kind of specifics right now. I'm just telling you that 
luxury is underperforming. That's a good thing. Nothing should go up forever. Nothing should be hot forever. Moderation and moderation. Big event coming up Saturday, March 11th, 10 to noon, Lafayette Park Hotel, Income and Retirement. New presentation with CFP Stephanie Richmond. Sign up today at robblackshow.com. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.